Welcome back to the Miss Independence Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here today, and we are going to be continuing with our support series. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking with my cousin about the importance of esteem support. So I'm really excited. But before we get in, um, it as you all have noticed, it is September, and September is National Hydrocephalus Awareness Month. So I'm definitely going to be doing some promotion around my platform for that, uh, obviously, because that's something that I, um, that is my disability. And that's what I want to advocate, you know, also want to advocate for along with all the, um, along with all disabilities. But that's the one that I'm most knowledgeable about. So um, just be on the lookout for that. And I just want to say thank you guys for being so patient while I took a bit longer to release this episode. Anyway, I'm really excited about this episode and I hope you enjoy. Well, welcome back, and we're going to do the second installment of our support series, and like I introduced in the intro, so I think I'm going to kind of just uh, introduce my cousin, Cutie, and just talk about what it's been like to have me in Georgia. Uh, Cutie, can you kind of introduce yourself and your yeah. little bit of your background? So I'm Cutie, and I'm Abby's cousin and friend. Um, I am from the D.C. area originally, um, went to school in Montana, and then made my way out to Atlanta, Georgia, um, where I've lived for about four years, and I do marketing. I have absolutely loved Abby being here, and I can't wait to dive into this episode more. And also, a fun fact, we both studied the same major in college. We did, yes. yes. I know. I kind of helped yeah. Abby like a little bit mm-hmm. transition from um, her ed program to the communications department mm-hmm. in Montana. And for those listening and maybe struggling with what to pick, I would always suggest marketing or communications. It mm-hmm. is the best fields, I think, in my opinion. I've really enjoyed our communication. We're getting a little bit off topic, but I really do enjoy that communication field because you can do so many things with it and it can apply to so many different industries. Like we're in two different industries. Yes. But we have like the same, we have the same degree, which I just think is amazing. But anyway, I think, can we just dive right into the question? Of course. Okay. Um, so I think in this segment, we're going to talk about uh, esteem support in the aspect of uh yourself and like giving it to the person um so the first question i have is what has it been like for you to have me down here for the past several months really the whole summer yeah um so first i'd like to start off by just saying again since i'm not um from georgia i absolutely love when all my friends and family come and visit um i only just like you know sometimes when you're an adult, it can be hard to make friends. And so I do have a great group of friends here, but it's just always so special sharing a new place with people um, that aren't from here. So I've really enjoyed Abby being here and showing her Atlanta and just doing some fun things that sometimes you also forget about in your own city. Mm -hmm. Um, On top of that, so Abby's lived in Augusta, which is about two hours east of Atlanta. Um, so we've kind of only mostly seen each other, I would say like vacation mode versus living mode. Um, but the vacation modes have been awesome. I mean, at times, you know, like we've, what have you, you've watched me work, you've, um, helped me cook. Um, we've gotten lots of walks with my dog, Ozzy. Who's just so cute. Yeah. Lots of, he's so cute. Oh yeah. We do errands. We do lots of chit chat, listen to music. Um, I would say Abby's, I don't know, you love Lizzo for sure. Oh, Lizzo, yes. Yeah, she just, yes. Lizzo comes on, she screams and then cranks it up. I love it. <laughs> it's so cute. Um, but overall, yeah, it's been such a blessing to be able to spend this time with my cousin. 
it's been so much fun for me too because we uh, we did have a point in our life where we were living in the same state, but we never live. You know, it's just been so much fun to ha- have it in our like adult life. It I guess is. adult because yes. I you were in co- college. I was still in high school mm-hmm. for the majority of um, your college experience. So it's been kind of fun to experience your cousin in like a, the adult setting. I guess yeah. for a lack of a better word, definitely the adult setting. Uh what have you learned about me and what have you learned about yourself while having me here over the course of the summer? Well, I really like that you paired this question together because I think also when you're around someone that you're not typically around, you're always going to learn more about yourself in those types of situations. Um, and I would say I'm going to start kind of like what I've learned about myself. And I would say that I definitely have more patience than what I thought. Um, And in a really good way, you know, I think something that I really love about Abby is that you are always wanting to learn something. Um, And so, you know, just for instance, cooking, I love that you come over and you're always down to help. You're always wanting to learn what to do. Um, And in those moments, I think it's sometimes when I'm used to cooking by myself and someone comes in the kitchen, I'm like, what are you doing here? Get out of my space. Um, But I think I've had to take a step back, which has made me slow down and say, okay, how do I, you know, take this onion and tell, like, teach you kind of how to cut it? Or how, you know, do I say, can you stir that for like 30 seconds? Um, You know, it kind of makes you really slow down and just go step by step. So I really appreciate that. I think that honestly, I've changed the course of how I've been living since being around Abby more. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that you've really taught me how to slow down and question things mm-hmm. instead of just really, you know, forcing things to happen, which we've talked about. We've talked at great length about yeah, that. Yeah. And how things are, should be more organic. And if something's not organic, then why are we forcing to do that? You know? Right. Um, and I think you've also really taught me how to, um, yeah, also question people. Um, and like, kind of what are your intentions with me, you know? Um, and I really like that or kind of what level are we on? You know, I would say that some of the things that I've learned and I'm kind of taking and applying to some of my friendships is, you know, what level are you on with me and how much have I been giving to you and not receiving, you know? And I think that Abby and I both have kind of learned that lesson this summer of when to ask for help. Um, when it's okay and when to stand up for yourself, you know, because there's a point where, you know, enough is enough. And um, yeah, I mean, you kind of just have to put your foot down and say, you know, this is what I deserve. This is what I want. And um, I need help to get it. And if you're not going to help me, then are you really that good of a friend to me? Mm -hmm. You know, or if I'm going through something and you haven't said anything, you know, and you haven't been there, then what is that makes me question our relationship or, you know, and so I think, again, when you're adulting, and especially in your 20s, we have a lot of gray areas, you know. Um, And I know that Abby can really identify on that. And so I think in those moments, it's also, you know, looking at each other and saying, what I'm about to say is always coming from love, and it's coming from how I care. And I think that Abby and I, um, in our difficult conversations, even like maybe with each other, Mm -hmm. it's just saying, okay, let's take a step back. What happened in that situation? And then how do I come to you and say, this is with love, but this is also what really annoyed me. Right. Or can we do better? Like, I appreciate when you do things this way instead of this way to me, or talk to me this way instead of this way, you know? 
um, I would say that Abby's really taught me that and how to stand up for myself. So I really appreciate that. And I think that it's like really important and applicable to the disability situation too, because there's just certain, we've definitely, like she just said, have had conversations about um, how you should expect to be treated. Even if you have a disability or chronic illness, yes. you shouldn't be expected to be treated like crap. Um, but you know, but that you're a person who has just unique differences or unique needs. So we've had conversations about how to navigate that um, in going forward. Definitely. Uh, what does it mean when you provide emotional support to either just me or like your friends? Yeah. I kind of, I kind of like how we're talking about this in terms of myself, but like also like what you apply to your own life. Yeah. I like it a lot. So I would say that, you know, when Abby, I don't know, maybe over kind of just the course of the summer, um, you know, I don't even know how to say this. Um, I don't know. I think that with social media and kind of where the world is right now, it's really easy for us to get caught up in superficial stuff or, you know, what is that person doing and how come I'm not doing that? Or, you know, well, they're doing that. Should I be doing that? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's when we start to lose our self-esteem and our self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, it's just, we have to stop comparing ourselves to others. And mm -hmm. I feel like with Abby, you know, and we most, I would say some people know you that are yes. listening. Some people don't, but right. for those that don't know Abby, she's very much, you know, gun ho about something. Like when determined. you're wanting, yeah, very yes. determined, very yes. much. Like if I'm strong doing this, willed. I'm strong willed. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you know, our trait with our family or mm -hmm. the tahista gene is what we like to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're very stubborn. And so I think though, because of that stubbornness, you know, at times, especially like disability or no disability, it's hard mm -hmm. to ask again for help. And so again, when you don't ask for help and you try to accomplish something on your own and you don't get there, um, your self-esteem gets knocked. Yeah, and exactly. I think that over the past few months, I hope in a way, obviously mm -hmm. I'm kind of speaking for you, but I hope that like, I have tried to help you navigate through situations with also creating your own confidence through your words, right. because I think that at times, you know, you felt like in any situation that you didn't have a voice, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, going to target and someone overlooking you or, right. you know, going to Starbucks and saying, Hey, you didn't get my order. Right. And it's like, it, you shouldn't look at me and say, well, I'll make it right for this person and not for me. You know, right. it's really sitting there and saying, you know, I have this friend, I have this cousin and she supports me and she loves me for who I am. And that gives me the confidence to speak up for myself right. because I'm surrounded by love and support. Mm -hmm. And so for me, if I can provide that for anybody, like even just my friends, just to know that they feel loved and supported in whatever decision they're going to make, then I hope that they do feel a little bit of confidence to go out into the world and, you know, really establish themselves and do what they want. Because I think that's something we're all just trying to be competitive with each other instead of supporting. Um and I think that's what it comes down to. Like, I know that like I've seen you through some of your situations with your friends down here uh, where um, you may have not, you know, you wanted maybe things to go differently and that esteem support and just really providing, like you said, the confidence or the ability or advice, even like just building up, even mm -hmm. if like you don't have the tools, it's showing them how to do it. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I think, again, it's, um, 
listening. So for me, if I had to leave anybody with two pieces of advice to help um, spread confidence and esteem to those around you, I would say always listen, put yourself in your other shoes and have respect and always come from a place of love. Those are my few tips of advice, I would say. One uh, one of the things that I've heard, because I, I like love listening to other people's podcasts and I listen to the Jamie Scrimger podcast and she always talks about if you're sitting across the table from somebody and you draw a six, what number are they seeing? Oh, the six and nine one. The yes, nine. yes, so, exactly. Yep. Yes. So two people can experience the exact same situation in two different ways. So I also think that like providing the esteem support. And I think that you're really good at taking a step back from the situation and be like, oh, this is, this is how this person's perceiving it. And this is how this person's perceiving it. You're kind of like your own, own therapist. That's what I, oh. uh, so, uh, we've talked, we talked a little bit about that. How sometimes, I guess I should cancel mine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but you're, I think you make a great therapist, but, be, but back to what I was saying was, um, you know, so somebody's experiencing a six and somebody's experiencing a nine. Uh, so how do you um, take those two scenarios and mesh them together so both people feel seen and heard? And I think that that's another esteem, important part of esteem is making sure somebody feels seen and heard. And you do that by the ways we've talked about um, with providing esteem support. Because I think that, that, I think as humans, we all want to feel seen and heard to some extent. Agreed. And I think that also, you know, um, it's just, yeah, it's easy just to get caught up in stuff, but just always coming from, I know I've said it multiple times, but coming from a place of love and saying like, if I'm not going to talk to this person calm and collected and with not with love, then I shouldn't be talking right now. And sometimes it means taking a few days to collect your thoughts and then responding. Exactly. Uh, I think that that's so great. Um, where do you think... We, I, uh, we've talked about this. Where do you think that your giving nature comes from? Yeah. And how um, do you think and how do you think that's a double-edged sword? Oh gosh. Yeah, I would say that I have my giving nature from honestly kind of both of my parents. So they were both in so my mom is a nurse and my dad is a retired police officer. And I would say those two um, roles in society in general are actually just giving back to the community. Um, so I think that I just learned by watching. I also feel like I was kind of just born with that. You know, like I remember and all of my friends that I would go to birthday parties, I would make sure that I would hand make all of their cards. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, or I okay. would, you know, um, obviously we would all get them a gift, but I really tried to say, you know, like, no mom, we have to go to a different store because it's not purple and they love purple, you know, or, and stuff. It's just, I think it's something that I've just, you know, it's been passed down to me. Um, and I really enjoy it because I think, again, it's really lost in the world now. I don't think a lot of people give with, uh, the right intent pure I think with pure intentions. Right. It's really to get something in return. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I just don't ever really want anything in return, which then comes to the double-edged sword of, you know, then people can take advantage of you or, you know, they don't treat you how um, you would like to be treated. And I think at times we all, you know, want to be treated. What is that Bible verse that says like, do unto others as others would do, do unto, unto you? I think so. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're all taught that. And then as you get older, it's not really true. Honestly, mm -hmm. I think, you know, I give, and at one point I realized I was expecting the exact same in return. Mm -hmm. And we actually need to take a step back and say, 
what does this person give me and that in their love language. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, because someone calling me and FaceTiming me every week could be their form of a communication. And mm -hmm. if I'm sitting there sending them gifts and I'm like, well, I'm not getting anything in return, mm -hmm. you know, um, it just turns into a mucky situation. But anyways, I just think that overall, um, I just think I, it just was passed down from my family. Um, and I'm really happy that I am like that, even though obviously it comes with, um, hardships, but so does everything. So we just work through it. Uh, the last question for this segment is what has motivated you to want to help others kind of, and I guess we talked about the service and that just being your giving nature with your parents, but uh, what continues, I guess, what does it do for you, I guess, for your esteem to help others? Yeah, I just, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, we're all just people here on earth trying to do our best. And I think if you move forward with that intention, it's really easy to help others, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, also sometimes if you want to get into this type of, you know, giving, I would say you have to, for some people, you kind of have to make a conscious effort to not expect anything in return. Really. It's just kind of the joy of being there for others that for me is satisfying and I feel like should be satisfying for everything, everybody else. It's great. Well, welcome back. In segment two, I think we're going to talk about um, how when you're offering esteem support, how another person, so since it's uh, QD and I, how I can offer QD support and esteem support in return of uh, the relationship. So the first question is, how can others offer you, the um, person offering the esteem support, a reciprocated uh, form of esteem support. Yeah. Um, that was really worded. <laughs> no, but I think <laughs> we get what you're saying. Um, it's, I think um, for me to, for others to support my self-esteem, um, I do really like when people, you know, kind of check in on me in tough situations. Um, also, I don't know. It's kind of hard. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I think this is probably the toughest question that you've asked, mostly because I've never really sat there and thought what, wh how can others help me with my confidence and my self-esteem? Um, and maybe that's something that I do need to work through, you know, mm -hmm. like, am I turning down people that have tried to help me with my self-esteem and not realize because I don't identify with that love language? I think it does come back to love languages as well. Um, like for me, I really, you know, again, enjoy giving gifts and I like um, uh, acts of service, but in return, I kind of like words of affirmation in a way. Um, I think I'm somebody that, you know, I don't really, this is something that's like a recent discovery for me, um, but I do like to be told when I'm doing a good job and where I need improvement because without that type of communication, I feel like I just get lost in my own thoughts in my own gray area. And it kind of provides you feedback about like where you could yes. like improve, like you were just saying. Yeah. Because if nobody's communicating that with you, yes. then how do you know? Yes. And so, and I think that that's a really good take back for like, take back, I don't, that's not the word. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a really good takeaway. Uh, take that's the word. Uh, and in terms of um, helping somebody with a disability is um, where, where, what can I do to improve the situation with the limited, uh, I don't want to say capacity, but limited 
um, limitations, that's the word, yeah. uh, limitations and where can we compromise? Mm-hmm. I guess the compromise is a really good. Yeah, uh, it's it, compromise, really. It's really compromise. Because in a, any situation and really any relationship, whether it's a friendship, a love interest, etc., I think that really the key to life is clear, concise communication. Um, and, you know, making sure that maybe in the moment or around that moment, you express um, and communicate what, you know, like what I did to upset you or what I did to make you feel good. Um, because if I don't know that I'm just going to keep doing what I was doing Mm -hmm. and I would hate to say like, I did not even know that that made you feel that kind of way. Mm -hmm. And I just need you to let me know, you know? Right. Yeah. So to me, I would say, I really like when people are really, really open and honest with me. That's like my number one confidence because then I don't ever question where I'm at in our relationship. I don't have to sit there and say like, am I your best friend or am I just your friend? Should I be giving you this? Should I not? You know? So I think that um, if we all were better communicators and I'm including myself in that, Mm -hmm. um, maybe the world would be in a little bit of a better place. Place. And I think it comes back to like what you were saying. Um, There are like three components of trust. So I I didn't make this up. This is from the personal development school, which I'm a part of, but it's uh, the three C's of trust are uh, congruency, consistency, and consideration. So mm-hmm. I think what you're talking about is the congruency is what they, it's mm-hmm. what they're saying to me, what that, what they really mean. Yes. So, uh, I think that that's a very good point too. And I think that, um, it's just really important to have open and honest conversations, but to, you can balance having open and brutal quote unquote conversations with being empathetic. Yes, and, definitely. um, there, there's, some ways to do that and some ways not to do that, especially when you're somebody with a disability who feels like they're already kind of attacked for mm-hmm. things. And I mm-hmm. think that I came down here like, uh, and I think that every family kind of deals with conflict in a different way. And I feel like I'm in like such a um, better place in handling conflict than I was when I came down here. Mm-hmm. I think that I can think of some recent examples of like seeing conflict, conflict in a neutral space for the most part, obviously you want to, again, make sure that you're seeing when you offend somebody, but uh, really just, you don't have to take on other people's emotions and you don't have to feel the same way that others feel yes. back to that six to six and nine thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like my, and how I feel like that ties back to, into esteem support is I don't carry the conflict with me as much or like when other people say things, I don't take it as personally, I don't think as mm. what I would have when I came here. Do you think here. that it's because you feel like you're able to communicate with more people about it instead think, of holding it in? I think so, yes. Like, we've had to uh, kind of change the way in which we communicate in our family um, to a more, um, instead of, like, a channel, it's kind of just become more, like, open. Yes. It's very, like, open now, and I think that that's really important when you're doing... I have a very big family. I mean, I have like five siblings and then a stepdad and a stepmom and a mom and a mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so like two sets of parents and then um, a bunch of siblings and my step siblings. Uh, so everyone kind of communicating and offering that kind of support and also with esteem support or just any support in general, sometimes you can have too many cooks in the kitchen who have yeah. too many different opinions on mm-hmm. how things should be done. And I think that that with the esteem support can be like really hard. Cause you think that you should say something this way. Mm-hmm. And this person thinks you should say it this way so you don't trigger something. But but it's, what is, what do I say? You exactly. Know? And that's, it definitely can be hard to navigate in those situations. But um, 
I think that overall, Abby has been such a better communicator um, and asking for help too. And, you know, and really just building off of that. So I'm excited for both of us to become better communicators with everybody around us. I know. Because, yeah. And I hope that everybody else can too. And I think that as the expert communicators who got their degree, we're <laughs> one step ahead of the crowd. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> I, I like to think so. I don't, you know. I like to think so, but um, yeah, and I think the next question, I'm kind of losing track here, but I think it was question. Oh, yeah, two. Three? So Two? No, okay. Yeah, so how do you take care of yourself? How do I take care of myself? Well, I feel like we should both answer yes, this. Like, I love what that. are some things that you do to take care of yourself? I guess, like, what, in times of stress, stress or, yeah, anxiety, maybe? I've noticed, um, I didn't really and notice. Depression. And depression. And depression. Yeah. Yes, I have, uh, so stress, anxiety, and depression, definitely all three of those. Um, and I didn't realize that I struggled with anxiety until, like, my adult life. Um, I always kind of just thought I was hyper, and um, I didn't realize it was nervous energy. I just, I've always okay. been very energetic, like, yeah, you know, kind of very high energy. So um, I think that... Um, and I just lost my train of thought. Um, how do I take it? I think that taking care of for me, again, is really kind of just validating myself. So like if somebody says something that like either like I don't agree with or like upsets me, I'm just kind of like, hey, like they like love me and like they're just trying to help. And like I know that they see me in this, that you know, they do see me in like a positive light and they're just trying to like help. In a yes, constructive definitely. Way. And I think that... Um, that's really important. Again, it would depend on somebody's love languages. Obviously, just because you have a disability doesn't mean words of affirmation is your love language. It just happens to be mine and cuties. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think that it's really important for individuals who have a disability to feel seen and heard for what they can do and mm-hmm. not consistently um, criticized for what they can't do or like constantly having to have a conversation of like, you can't do this or you can't do that or uh, just kind of pointing out when you do see the strengths, I guess, is really mm-hmm. important. I think also with the STEAM support, um, I like to, uh, we kind of talked about this in the last episode, or with the support series, but we talked about our three core words. So mine were resilience, family-oriented, and giver. Um, so just kind of going back to that and providing examples, I think that the, that's really important. Um, I think STEAM, just really validating yourself validating yourself as somebody with a disability is very uh, important because you set the foundation for your relationship with with yourself for the relationships you have with others too. Mm, That's very true too. So maybe Mm -hmm. like taking a step back and reminding yourself of like how I love myself and then this other person, I know that they love me and they're trying to help. That's it, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. just having to remind yourself and saying that they, maybe they didn't mean it in that way or, Mm -hmm. you know, how do I come back and say, okay, let me approach this in a different way. Maybe you'll understand it differently mm-hmm. or like how I'm trying to come across. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it sounds like you like to take a little bit of time to yourself. Mm-hmm. And then do you like to listen to music or read books or watch uh, TV to like decompress before going back into the situation? So one of the things that I've kind of like struggled with throughout my whole life is I like to spin. Mm-hmm. And I've just now kind of noticed it's an anxiety thing. Just but not just noticed, but like being down here. I noticed it and like what kind of triggers that uh, response. Um, but I literally love to like spin in circles and no, I don't throw up. I just, <laughs> sorry, I'm like TMI. But uh, no, I like love to spin in circles, but. Oh. 
uh, like uh, QD and um, uh, like QD and I have um talked about like I haven't been doing that while I've been down here, so like I think noticing your um strengths mm. and stuff is really important. Yeah, and uh, or triggers, not well your strengths too, but like noticing your triggers. So I I ha- really haven't been spinning down here, but I like to listen to music and meditate and. I like to be outside. Like, it's so nice out down here in Georgia. And mm-hmm. I'm about to go to, like, 20 below. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to 20 It is below. 96 where she's going back. It is 96 <laughs> right now. But uh, give it a week. Yeah, that's uh, true. Like, give it a week. Um, but I think that it's just really important to, not only for the care, or caregiver, but, like, the person, like, providing the support, but for the individual receiving the support. Uh Noticing when you're overstimulated too. Mm. I think that like that's kind of like I would get overstimulated or anxious or um, I can't really drive. I don't drive, so mm-hmm. like I can't like really just get in the car and go. Yeah. So like that's just like my the spinning was just my way of like zoning out. Okay. And I think that um, just being down here and not being in that uh, as stressful situation. Yeah. So your helped. your way of um, taking care of yourself is maybe stepping away from the situation. Mm-hmm spinning with maybe some music right. um and is there a third one or uh, i think that maybe I, identifying where the trigger came from yes yes because yes. okay. if, if you don't identify where the trigger comes from you're not gonna be able to you're gonna have the same response over mm, and over again. yeah i feel that so. i would say for myself and how i take care of myself um sometimes a nap or mm. a burger because yeah. you know i'm like okay I, maybe i'm just hangry um, it sometimes can just be like the, the source of my issue. Um, I also really like to watch Modern Family and um, all of my friends will know this, but if I feel any type of um, overwhelm or anxiety, um, I take a shower. So I, I, for those obviously that don't know, but I've struggled with anxiety basically since I was born. Um, my mom used to say like when I was in her womb that she would always feel anxious and that she had to throw up all the time. She was like, I feel homesick all the time. And then like, once I came into the world, she just was like, it just went away. I've never felt like that. And then when I was younger in situations, like when I would change schools or change soccer teams, I would, um, I'd get really anxious to the point that my stomach would hurt and I wouldn't eat anything. And this was like, even when I was like in fourth grade and stuff. Um, so I would go to the doctor all the time and get tested to see like, do I have a stomach problem? Because at the time we just didn't know it was anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I feel like in the '90s, no one really like, talked, about, talked about anxiety or, or mental any health. or mental health or anything. Right. So that just really wasn't on anyone's radar. Um, but again, as I've gotten older, I do like to, you know, first like in a situation where I become overwhelmed, I just am like I have to leave because um, I don't want to attack. I think that's my first thing. And I think a lot of people, you know, have the fight or flight response and it's, I'm either going to attack you or I like got to go. And for me, it's, I want to revisit the conversation, but for right now, I'm getting really overwhelmed. Um, I'm getting really anxious and I'm having a hard time probably delivering what I actually and truly intend to say. So I like to remove myself, take a shower, watch modern family, laugh a little bit, then realize that life really isn't that serious or as serious as I'm making it. Um, and then, you know, revisit the conflict. Right. And I think that that, again, with like the esteem support, when you have to like continuously provide that for others and not just like one person, it, not even just a person with a disability, but like for multiple people, when you're the person they come to, it, um, it's really, that's very vital for mm-hmm. sure. Definitely. Uh, we also, uh, the next question is, uh, 
how should others in your us others in your situation support or offer esteem support to others um uh, we kind of talked about that but uh we were also talking about the conflict part of that so i think that- oh yeah or um also like sometimes the hardest part of offering um esteem support i think that could be maybe the question no. um yes. i think Maybe sometimes I'm- like offering esteem support can be difficult in situations that um sometimes you don't fully identify with um i think that and sometimes it's also in those moments when you're with somebody and they need support and you feel like you can't offer that i think that's a really big reality check on maybe probably where you are in that friendship or relationship um and i think if you find it hard to give self-esteem first of all if it's to anyone then i would say you need to take a look within yourself because if you can't offer esteem to someone else and you can't boost their confidence and support them, then that seems to be something, you know, underlying within yourself. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like maybe if it's directed towards one specific individual, then maybe you need to check that relationship and say, you know what, I need to sit down and say like, how much do I really, you know, want this person in my life? And a lot of the times that is completely okay to do that because it's not, you know, it's, it doesn't make any sense to really, you know, keep someone in your life as a friend or, you know, as a partner, Mm -hmm. if you don't want to offer that support, you know, Mm -hmm. or if you don't feel like you're in the place emotionally to, um, yeah. And it's not fair to you and it's not fair to them, you know, and at the end of the day, we all deserve to be filled with love and support surrounding us. And, um, it's okay to take a step back and say, I just really can't offer that right now, you know? Um, and then go from there. And I think, I think this was with you when we were having this conversation, but uh, we were talking about like adult relationships. People were talking mm-hmm. about um, not ex- sometimes relationships just don't work out. Yeah. Romant- romantic or friendships. Yeah. Like as an adult, you kind of just have to be okay with them changing. I think that was with you. I can't remember. I'm like, I don't know if that was with me, but I do agree with that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, life is just a bunch of seasons. And, um, you know, sometimes you meet people that are going to be in your life forever. And sometimes you're not, and both are completely okay. But as long as you feel consistently loved and supported, um, then, you know, I think that you're in a really good place in life. And if there are times when you're around people or situations where you don't feel that, then, you know, you really, I think it's up to you as an individual to check yourself, um, Mm -hmm. and check your relationships. Um, I recently watched a TV show called The Resort on Peacock. Not an ad, but highly recommend. Um, but there is this couple on there, and they every seven years, they take a massive trip um, somewhere around the world, mm-hmm. and they sit there and ask themselves hard questions with as, a part, as partners. Okay. They sit there and say, you know, do you still love me? Do you still want to be with me? Is there something that we can change? Like they really take time to check in with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would wait seven years um, or every seven years, like every but obviously year. it's a TV show, but right. I still think those are, you know, those are important questions to ask. And if at any time you're like, you always have to be honest and say, you know, right now I'm not feeling that maybe it really is like, okay, we need to go to therapy and work on it. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's what's something that I can do to cha- help or what's something that I can you know, um, I can take away from my life to give me more room in this part of my life. Um, so, you know, I think those are really important tips that obviously it's a TV show and it's dramatic, but <laughs> they also, I think in that moment really offered a piece of advice that I took for sure. Okay. Yeah. And I think that, um, the balance part of that mm-hmm. too, like esteem balance or 
having, sorry, having balance in all seven areas of your life can also offer esteem in itself Mm -hmm. because then you don't feel as chaotic or like, and I think it's also important to realize you're never going to be fully balanced or like equally balanced in all areas of your life. That's just not attainable. That's why we're all yin and yang. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. So I think that it's just very important to notice which areas of your life could use maintenance. Yes. Maintenance. Mm -hmm. And then um, just addressing those areas. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, um, oh, yes. So, yeah, I also wanted to talk about the conflict Uh, as somebody who was, um, like I said uh, previously, um, we have uh, we we touched on conflict and, and esteem support. So I've learned a lot from how uh, their family deals with conflict and everyone handles conflict differently. So I was just going to kind of ask QD about um, conflict and how she tends to handle that yeah. as somebody who offers esteem support. Yeah. Um, I would say that I think... Um, uh how i deal with conflict honestly i think it kind of goes back to what i was saying a little bit ago and how i um you know treat myself i think when i'm in the middle of a conflict i really like to take my time in it and i know that a lot of people don't like to fight for days but i do um because it's not really fighting it's really you know um i really try to always come off without anger Number one, I think, you know, when we are anger, angry, we are tunnel visioned, number one. And number two, we also, the person on the receiving end feels attacked and they feel like then they need to attack you. And then it turns into something hateful and, you know, really mean and really like being in a, and being in conflict doesn't actually have to be nasty. It can actually be healthy and it can be, you know, uh, a place where we just come from and say, you know, this really irritated me. And I would say, you know, for an instance, like one of my friends and I, like maybe a few months ago, kind of got into a little tiff because I thought that I communicated something and on the other end, they didn't receive it the way that I thought I had communicated it. And so it, you know, left a, a gray area where I was um, supposed to go out to lunch and then I didn't. And it, you know, just turned into a huge thing. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that, you know, number one, I thought I said I couldn't go or may- I said it maybe. Um, and then I also didn't realize, you know, you felt like I abandoned you or that I ever, you know, don't want to be your friend, you know, and I really hate to make people feel like that. And so in the moment I was quick to react and was just like, what are you even talking about? And then really I took about five hours and I was like, okay, I need to look at the situation as a whole and I need to put myself in their shoes Mm -hmm. and what are they seeing that I didn't see and how can I communicate better? So I then went in and said, you know, never was my intention to make you feel like that at Mm -hmm. all. Like that is completely my fault and I'll own up to that. And from here on out, I'm going to change this Mm -hmm. in the future. It's probably better. Maybe if you don't address it like that, maybe come from this type of place that would help me understand a little better. Or I also, I don't know if this is built up energy, but like, I would rather you tell me like, Hey, this kind of really ticked me off today. Hey, this really kind of ticked me off because I would change in that moment versus waiting until the blow up. If that makes sense. Um, and and I would say I'm even maybe like making this situation sound bigger than it actually was, but I think it was just like a little situation that, you know, was easily, easy to resolve, but also in those moments, take a step back, 
hold yourself accountable for your actions and the part that you played in that. Mm -hmm. Take accountability for it and say, this is how I'm going to improve. Together, we will do this. And that is kind of how I like to handle conflict. And it's not you versus other person. Yes. It's you and it's what should be. It's you and that person against the problem. Yes. It's how it should be. Obviously, depending on the person you're yes. dealing with, that's not always the um, realistic or mm -hmm. um, attainable outcome. But that's how you should resolve or view conflict. Yeah, and like don't hate the player, hate the game. I like that. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I think that... Yeah, conflict and esteem support definitely go hand in hand because you're going to be communicating and trying to basically through your words because uh, that is basically esteem support. It's basically just talking and offering mm -hmm. them. I mean, you can Words of encouragement. encouragement. Um, or, I mean, you could do like hands-on stuff here and there, mm -hmm. but it is mostly just about words of affirmation and therefore communication. Yeah. And I think that if you can just not if you can just depersonalize the communication and view the person you're communicating with as a person, mm -hmm. depersonalize, you know, and then yeah. like on the receiving end, uh, be very, you know, open, open and don't take it personally. Yeah. I would say, and also I try to view everybody as you're coming from a place of love again. You know, mm -hmm. if you're in my life and we've been friends or been together for a long time, you know, I hope, you know, at the end of the day, it's no matter what happens, I'm still going to love you and you're in my life and we're friends, you know, so let's just work together. Let's work through this. Mm -hmm. um, and also if I'm trying to address conflict or maybe create quote conflict, mm -hmm. I like to say, I'm, I like to do a sandwich. So I like to say mm -hmm. one thing, I something positive, and then you put the stuff that you want to work through in the middle of the sandwich, mm -hmm. and then you close it off and top it off with another slice okay. of um, something positive you like about the person. I think that that's such a great way to handle it because it, again, you're affirming them, but you're still getting your point across. Yes, I exactly. I think that that's so amazing. I think that this was such a great episode. I um, think so too. Any Thanks. final thoughts? Um, I don't think so, but I really enjoyed being on this and I'm so excited for your journey, Abby, and I'm really sad to see you go, but really thankful and blessed that we were able to spend such a long time together and I can't wait to come and visit you. Yes. And I'm excited. I'm going to try to come back next year, but anyway, I just wanted to thank you guys. Um, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.